If you'd like to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Seems like Matthew is a popular place to start this morning. It's already been referenced a couple times today. While you're turning there, we do want to say a very special happy anniversary. Brother and Sister Cavanis, love and appreciate you both so very much. I guess I can reiterate what Bryson said without you. I wouldn't have that amazing, beautiful bride over there myself. So, love and appreciate them. Happy anniversary to Brother and Sister Rojas. Amen. Great, great couple. Love them. Amen. Great to see Sister Reed able to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Love Sister Reed. Appreciate her here today. Great to see Sister Kathy back from Texas. Sister Kathy, we miss you when you're not here. Amen. Appreciate Sister Kathy. Such a sweet, sweet lady. Amen. Great to see everybody else in the church family. Matter of fact, look to somebody and just tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see Brother Caps here this morning. <laughs> He's looking at his dad. I'm calling him. Isn't that awesome? Amen, buddy. Good to see you. Good young man right there. Amen. <clears throat> Very good young man. God is so good, isn't he? Hasn't he been good to us? Praise the Lord. Brother Joe, you better be nice because he's bigger than you are now. <laughs> Amen. Matthew chapter or 16, excuse me, begin reading at verse number 13. Very familiar passage, but I want to, I want to dive in a little bit if, for a few minutes this morning. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he didn't just come to the coast. He didn't just come to a, an area, but he was very, it's, the Bible here records it's a very specific place where Jesus and the disciples come to, Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want to title this message for a few minutes this morning, The Rock 
of our salvation. The rock of our salvation. Will you help me pray that God would minister to every heart in this house this morning. God, I'm so thankful for the move of your spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost you blessed us with this morning. God, I'm thankful that you've already spoken to us in this house. And God, I pray for the next few minutes you would anoint my heart, my lips of clay. And give us ears to hear what thou sayest the word of God. Lord Jesus, I pray you would speak to me and through me in this house today. In Jesus' name, touch somebody's heart. Let them know you can draw them from whatever condition, whatever place they find themselves. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would somebody shout amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thankful I know that the Lord is the rock of my salvation today. Here we find in our text, Jesus is going somewhat on a retreat. He's taking his disciples on a journey. And where he's coming from, he's traveling some distance. He's putting some miles under his feet. He's taking his disciples to a very specific place, a place called Caesarea Philippi. Not probably the the most uh, best place to go for a minister's meeting. Probably was not the best place to go for a minister's fellowship meeting. But here, nonetheless, Jesus takes his disciples to have a private conversation, just he and his disciples. And he takes them to a place called Caesarea Philippi. What is interesting about this place is Caesarea Philippi was located in the remote north northeast part of what was considered the promised land of Canaan. It was above the Jordan River. It was above... Uh, the Sea of Galilee, it was above the, the waterway, the heads of the Jordan River up above north of Galilee. It was at the very top. It was at the edge or at the border of, of Canaan. It was a lush area. It was at the very foot of Mount Hermon. At the base of the cliff, Caesarea Philippi, there was spring water that ran directly from the mouth of a cave that was located at Caesarea Philippi. In your mind's eye, I have a picture here today. I should have given it to them. You could see it, but in your mind's eye, you have a cliff. And on this cliff, this, this hill is below the cliff. At the very bottom of the cliff, there is a very large cave. A very large, large cave. And at, at this cave is... At the times of the year, the springs come, the water flows because it comes from the, the snow-packed mountains there. Of, and, and the water springs out of that cave. And it is the main head, the very lead of the, the main uh, tributary, if you will, or waterway that will flow down to the Sea of Galilee and flows in, turns into the Jordan River. Caesarea Philippi was a, was a town, it was a place, a city there that they, they built there at this place near the cave, located 25 miles or so from all of the religious communities of Galilee. And yet, it was in this city's place, in the city, that religious and false doctrines and paganism was practiced. It was not a very nice place to the Jewish people. 
It was a place where there was all kinds of, and I, we have young ears today, I won't even describe all of the horrible atrocities and, and acts, but they even had human sacrifices there. They found bones and bones and all kinds of things inside of the cave. And we know through Scripture that there were some horrible things that were, that were done there. And history tells us about all of the pagan rituals. Even further back in the Old Testament, it was a place that, uh, Caesarea Philippi, where pagans would worship the, 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 uh, the false god of Baal. And it was in the days, even before, Chris, uh, even before uh, Christ was born, and the Greeks were in power, it was, it was a place there at Mount Hermon that, that, uh, that, that the, they, they worshipped this Greek god they called Pan. And I won't get into all of the things that Pan did, it was horrible, and, and the, the, that they would do things to their fake god, their false god named Pan. The Greeks named the city there Panias in their god Pan's honor. And it was in this evil city, this evil place it was, that was full of moral corruption and paganism that included human sacrifices and, and worship to false gods and, and, and idolatry taking place and horrible evil acts uh, uh, performed by human beings at this Place. And so you look in the context that here comes Jesus and the Romans have conquered the territory. And, and just before Jesus, uh, not too many years before he was born, a man by the name of Herod Philip built or rebuilt the city and named it after himself there at Caesarea Philippi. And he continued to focus on worshiping uh, false gods and those, those Greek gods. And he would give Roman names to those Greek gods. And it was in this cliff, the very cliff, and, 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 and in this very cave that, that stood above the city where the water would come forth, uh, that, that they would offer sacrifice and even children and horrible things and acts were done there uh, to, to worship. They even had a shrine to their, to their Greek god named Pan. So to the pagans, the cave meant more than just honoring their false god named Pan, but it was a place at that time to the Greeks and the Romans it was their belief, the pagans that lived there in that area in the city of Caesarea Philippi, they believed that it was that very cave that was the mouth or the very gate to hell. They believed that their god Pan would go to and from Hades to the place called hell and it would go to and from Hades through the waterway in and out and in and out. And they would offer sacrifice and they would worship uh, Pan, this, this, this God, if, if you will, to them. And they, they believed that this cave was literally the very gates of hell. And that's why they would offer sacrifice. And they, they worshipped and committed horrible atrocities there. It was an evil place. And what a great place to go on a retreat with Jesus. To the disciples, they understood where they were. They understood that Jesus had led them to one of the most evil places they could ever go to. They understood the evil atrocities. They understood the, the sins of humanity at Caesarea Philippi. They, they, I'm sure, understood all of the negativity and the horrible atrocities and the, the moral corruption and the immorality that, that was taking place in everyday life at this location. And yet, Jesus comes here 
And he leads his disciples here and he begins to ask them the question, Whom do, do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Interesting how Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of Man. Probably because the disciples understood and the people of his day understood the prophetic meaning of the Son of Man. Then I won't have time to get in. You can read through Ezekiel many, many times in the book of De Jeremiah or Ezekiel or uh, in Daniel. But I'll just read one to Daniel chapter 7, verse number 13. He's prof is prophetically writing and he says, I saw the night visions and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. Verse 14. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom. Oh, so I, I, I can't hardly wait to get to the punchline this morning. But I'm telling you this morning, Jesus brings his disciples to the place that's really literally like, not literally, it's literally there is a place that they worshiped as the very gate of hell itself. And he says, ask his disciples, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do they say? I know who I am. I'm the Son of Man. I'm God in the flesh. I'm God manifested in the flesh. He comes to this place, Caesarea Philippi, and he begins to tell or ask them, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? This is the one that has all dominion. I am the one that has all glory. I am the one that is establishing a kingdom. That all people, nations, and languages should serve him, Daniel wrote. His dominion is as an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. I'm, I'm thankful heaven and earth shall pass away, but his kingdom shall never pass away. The church shall never pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not pass be destroyed. Here comes Jesus, and he's referring again to himself as the Son of Man, the man Christ Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who has all dominion, all power in heaven and earth is in that name. The Bible tells us there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's at the name of Jesus that has all dominion, glory, and has established his kingdom. Question this morning, perhaps one of the most important questions anyone could ask is, but who do you say that I am? They said, some say you're John the Baptist. Jesus, some say you're Elijah or Elisha or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. If you look in the Bible, there's not, not every prophet experienced great miracles. Not every prophet performed miracles. They are referring to Jesus as a prophet that is a miracle worker. You're not just any prophet. You are somebody special. Yeah, I know who I am. But do you really know who I really am? Who is Jesus to you? He's my Lord of Lords and He's my King of Kings. He's my everlasting Father. He's my Prince of Peace. He's the mighty God. I kind of wonder, who is Jesus to you this morning? Whom do men 
say that I am? Well, some say, and some say this, and some say that. But who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? My question is, who is Jesus to you this morning? Is he just somebody you learned about in Sunday school? Is he just somebody your mama talks about? Is he just somebody your daddy talks about? Is he just somebody grandma or grandpa used to worship? Or is he your king of kings? Is he your Lord of lords? Who is Jesus to you? I'm telling you, Jesus is my everything. He's my all in all. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. The son of the living, your living God. You're not just the son of man. You're the son of God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I brought you to, who I feel like preaching this morning, I brought you to this place. I brought you to this specific spot called Caesarea Philippi. I brought you to the place that y'all been believing. This is the very gate of hell, and I'm standing on top of the rock, They tell us Jesus was standing on top of the rock, on top of the cliff that overlooked the very gate that they believed was the gate to the pit of hell. And here comes Jesus. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm thankful I'm part of a church that even the gates of hell are no match. He's the rock of revelation. He's the rock of salvation. Jesus said, thou art. (laughs) He said, thou art blessed to have this revelation. Peter, you got the rock of revelation. You got the revelation. You understand understand just who I am. Proverbs 18, it talked about in the Old Testament. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run into and are safe. Psalms 18 and 2. And I, I have a lot of scriptures. With, there's a whole lot more scriptures about the rock, but I don't have time to get into it. I'll just give you a couple. Psalms 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He is my deliverer. Everybody say deliverer. If he's your rock, he's your deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He's my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Here comes the rock of revelation. (laughs) Here comes Jesus Christ. He is the rock of our salvation. Psalms 95 and 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalms 18 and 31, for who is God save the Lord or who is a rock save our God. So, Jesus was speaking previously to his disciples back in Matthew 7 and he said, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. The church of the living God is still founded on the rock. 
I'm glad we are the Apostolic Rock Church. This church is founded on the same Acts 2.38 message. The same message that was preached in the New Testament is the same message we're preaching today. Ephesians chapter 2.19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom, Jesus, you have also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Thankful for the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 3.11, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 10 and 4, and did all drink the same spiritual drink if they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. He is the rock of our salvation. 1 Peter chapter 2, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. It's important that you know who the rock is this morning. His name is Jesus. He's not an actor. He's not a wrestler. But I'm telling the only rock that has all power this morning is, is Jesus Christ. Probably no one got that unless they're probably under the age of 25 or 30. Maybe 40, I don't know. So in our text, I'm, just, I'm still warming up. So in our text, Jesus has brought his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. Here he leads them. He's standing on top of this cliff and overlooks the very cave. The people in that area believed was the very gates of hell. And as Jesus is standing, he asks the question, whom do you say that I, the son of man, am? Peter has the revelation of who Jesus is and gives the revelation. He looks at Peter and he says, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Hey, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And those very gates of hell can't even prevail against it. Those gates of hell will never prevail. That means I'm going to be able to save people. From out of the mouth of hell itself. I wish somebody, I wish somebody here would remember just where Jesus brought you from. Because if you could think back for a minute and just remember just where he brought you from, you'd be thankful. 
that you can still go to the rock that's higher than I. You can still go to the rock that brought you up out of a miry pit. You can still go to the rock of revelation, a rock of salvation. If you're thankful he brought you out of a miry pit of hell, you ought to give God some praise. You ought to take a moment just to say, thank you, Jesus, for lifting me up out of this thing that I was in. Jesus, why did you bring us to this place? Why here? You can, we, you can give revelation of who you are. You can tell us about your church. and build. Why here? Why this specific place? I believe with everything that was in me, that's it, everything that's in me, that Jesus was saying, I'm going to build my church in the very midst of moral corruption, in the very midst of immoral behavior, in the very place that's known for its evil works. I just want you and the entire world to know that it doesn't really matter how evil this world is. doesn't matter how dark this world seems to be. God is still able to reach down and pull somebody out of a pit. God is still able to reach down to the very mouth where there's drug addicts, where there's people deep down, immoral, immorality and moral corruption and Worshiping the gods of this world, and yet God can reach down to the very mouth, the very pit, and pull them up out. But I believe Jesus was telling his disciples, I can save anyone, anywhere. I'm going to build my church. Not with self-righteous people that were spiritually born with a spiritual spoon in their mouth. Not with people that think they're perfect. But I'm going to build my church with people that know what it's like to be lost. But know what it's like to be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to build my church with some people that they once were lost in sin, but Jesus took them in. Then a little light from heaven filled their soul. I'm going to build my church with some people that did unspeakable things. And yet, oh, by the thank God for my blood, I'm going to wash them. I'm going to cleanse them. I'm going to purify them. I'm going to sanctify them. I'm going to take people that were murderers and I'm going to make them take some Saul's and turn them into Paul's. Church, I still believe in this, this day and age, God can still take a Saul out there and make him a Paul preaching the gospel right in here. 
He can take them out the bar stool and put them on the pew, put them on the choir, put them on a drum stool, put them on a on an organ on an organ bench or a piano bench or playing the guitar. They were worshiping God out or worshiping the, the devil and the things out. They can come and worship God in here. Did he not say, I am the door? By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He is the door. I'm thankful that we're the gates of hell. We're saying the broad is the path that destruction. He said, yeah, but there's a straight gate. All you got to do is look up. I was on that path into the cave of hell itself. But I looked up and I saw Jesus. I saw the rock of my salvation. And I climbed up to the rock that is higher than I. Isaiah 118, come now and let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as well. He was prophesying about what was going to come. First Peter talked about it in chapter 4. For the time past... The past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness and lust and excess of wine and revelings and banquetings and abominable idolatries. This is Peter. This is he's, he's, he's writing this. He's preaching this. He said, hey, I was with Jesus at, at the rock. I was with Jesus. I had the revelation of who he is. When he was standing at Caesarea Philippi. Revelings and banquetings and abominable idolatries. It sounds like Caesarea Philippi, Peter. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot. Speaking evil of you. God brought us from that stuff. Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Romans 5.8, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Brother Bryson read it. During the service, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, that was taking place, nor idolaters, there's a whole lot of that that was taking place, nor adulterers, there was a lot of that taking place, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, sounds like he's describing the very mouth of hell itself, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That gate goes that way. But I've set before you an open door that goes this way. (laughs) And such were, probably the most powerful words in that whole passage, were, such were, Past tense. Such were some of you. (laughs) But you are washed. But you are sanctified. 
but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Whew. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And I'm closing. Psalms chapter 61. Verse number 2. Matter of fact, let's stand together this morning. Psalms chapter 61. Verse number 2. Psalmist. Writing as he's inspired by the Lord. He writes, From the end of the earth. Jesus took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. It was at the northeast. It was at the northern part of the kingdom. It was at the border of the kingdom. The psalmist had prophesied. He said, from the end, Hebrew word is katseh, katseh. It literally means at the end or the border or the brim. The brim, the brink, the edge of the earth. Will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When you come to the very end, you are tiptoeing to the very mouth of hell itself. You can look up and pray, lead me to the rock. It is higher than I. believe the Lord can lead you from the very gates of hell to the rock of our salvation this morning. Verse 19, Jesus told Peter, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. When they asked Peter in Acts chapter 2, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter used the key of salvation and he said, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. find it fascinating that the rock that Jesus was standing on had probably been used to offer sacrifices to the pagan god of Hades. And yet here comes the perfect spotless lamb 
He stands over it. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And when Peter preached the Acts 2.38 message, he was saying, hey, we're going to close that gate. Lose some people from this mouth. There's going to be some people that are going to get to escape this cave because there's, God has opened a door. Uh-huh. He's made a way. Folks, there's a very real heaven and a very real earth. God has opened the door. He has made a way. He said, I have set before thee an open door. Nobody else can shut it. So if you find yourself this morning on a path of decisions, if you find yourself in the crossroads, there's a big, broad cave down below that would like to suck you up, drag you down to the very pit of hell. But I'm going to the rock that is higher than I. I'm coming to Jesus. I want to be saved. I'm going to repent. I want to confess. I want to make sure I'm right. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus again. I'll go to the rock of my salvation. This morning, I wonder if there's any, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I wonder if there's anybody in this house that I want to, I want to make sure. I'm going to repent. I'm going to confess. These altars are open. If you just want to make sure you're right with God, you want to come plead the blood this morning, or you just want to come to an altar and say, Jesus, I'm thankful you're the rock of my salvation. I'm thankful. I remember. I wonder if there's anybody here that come up to the altar and say, I remember when I once was lost in sin. But oh, I'm thankful for amazing grace. I'm thankful for the mercies of God. Oh, 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 I just want to come and say thank you, Jesus. I want to say thank you for making a way of escape. God, I want to say thank you for allowing me to become a part of the church of a living God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.